by the time you hear this podcast, you'll spell prerogative correctly. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with episode 95. So we're NBA Live. 95. <laughs> I think that was the first one I owned. <laughs> was that the first one? The very first one? Um, nah, kind of. Yeah. Because the one for the 94 season was called NBA Showdown. Okay. I know I had it on my PC. I remember that much. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're back with episode 95. Thank you for everyone who's uh, been listening and downloading, watching us on Facebook Live. We're not on Facebook Live for this one, but um, thank you anyway. If you want to uh, tell people about the podcast, you can visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Also, our website, by the time you hear this.com. Both of those are spelled with the word you, Y-O-U. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're urban. Yes, we are. Uh, for those who, who don't understand that, that, that means we're black. I'm black, y'all. We're I'm black, y'all. We're colored. Black and black and I'm black, y'all. We're not brothers, but we're we're happy. We're podcasting and we're colored. Yep. Give me a high five. <laughs> Cut and print. Beautiful. Beautiful, guys. Dynamite. <laughs> um, and uh, that is also the spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. If you're an independent artist, we'll play your music for absolutely free. And if you are listening to us on the go and you want to tell people how they can listen to us on the go, and uh, so they can avoid the annoying coworker, avoid the uh, weird smelling homeless guy on the train. Um, you can <laughs> you can listen to us on uh, Podomatic, but also if you have an uh, Apple device, if you're if you're going out to get that new XS or XS Max or XR, I'd rather buy a car. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, you got to got to make car payments to pay for that phone. <laughs> um, you can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app on those devices. If you have an Android, such as the Galaxy Note seventy three, or the um, or if you still have an LG Chocolate, or uh, <laughs> wow. 
Oh man, just ask if they got a razor. <laughs> yeah, a razor. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I remember what, like in, um, back at West Georgia, like the first person I saw with an LG chocolate, I'm like, <laughs> that looks like a, I don't know, just look like a stick for a phone. Tell anyway. me what it looks like. <laughs> um, oh God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. this. But, uh, if you have an Android device, you can listen to us on the Google music app. That's where you find the podcast. We're also on any podcast aggregate app you can find, um, Castbox, Overcast, Auto Radio, Play FM. We're also on TuneIn and Satchel Podcast Player. And if you want to look for, um, if you're looking to find podcasts to listen to and listening for certain subjects, you can search for us on listennotes.com. It is a search engine for podcasts uh, for those who give clear and concise podcast notes. On our last episode, we talked about the album that cheated, a.k.a. Santana Supernatural. <laughs> so if you type in Santana Supernatural and listen notes, you should find our podcast fairly easily from there. All right. So um, he was on our last episode and uh, because for the subject matter, uh, we felt that he would be the best fit to be a guest on this episode. So, of course, we have our podcast cousin, uh, Brandon, a.k.a. Father Clef, a.k.a. Hawk Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the Father Clef. What's happening, my guys? Good afternoon. Wait, no. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. evening. (laughs) Yikes. Get it together, Ben. Get it together. (laughs) So, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, has anything, uh, have you been listening to anything uh, new since the last time we did an yes, episode? I have. There is, she, I, I wouldn't, I guess you could classify her as pop, but her name is Lennon Stella. I know she used to, she used to uh, star on that show Nashville. Remember the show okay. Nashville with yeah. the country? Yeah. Yeah. So, but like it was she her and her sister played the two little sisters on there but she's like grown now she has a really cool like pop song out now called called bad it's really cool okay her and her sister have very nice voices i'll have to check that out i'm looking at her now okay i've seen the name i haven't gotten out around to checking out the song but i think it's it's getting popular I don't know if it's on the radio because I don't listen to the radio, but I figure it, it's one of those songs that. You yeah, know, you I could. I did he- definitely hear it being one of those like, oh, this is on the radio type thing. Well, Way as soon much. as it gets picked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's cool. Uh, so um, I guess we'll take it as a musical recommendation. Listen to Lynn and Stella. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and get into the music news here. So. Uh, the day after our last episode yeah. uh, was when the news came out that Mac Miller had passed. Um, it seemed to be from an accidental overdose from first reports. Um, a friend found him. I think he had been, uh, he had been dead for hours. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what the substance may have been. Um, I don't know if that was reported at all. I don't know if that was, that was determined just yet, but uh, it's definitely um, a loss in the hip hop community. Um, you know, especially I know, especially in Pittsburgh. I mean, the only two rappers I knew out of Pittsburgh were him and Wiz Khalifa. 
and you don't think of that area as having a hip hop scene. Um, I guess as far as compared to Philadelphia, yeah, uh, that uh, Pittsburgh is not a city that you th- like when you hear Pittsburgh, you think of the Steelers. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. And, and then some people thought that like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are like right next to each other, no, I'm not even like close. Minneapolis and St. Paul or something. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, definitely a uh, a tragic loss, and you know another hip hop artist that um, that fell to drugs. Yeah. You know, looking at um, Lil Peep earlier this year. Um, it seems like that was uh, so long ago, but that was still that was earlier this year. It's been a crazy year, um, and he had and Mac Miller had just released his uh, his album Swimming. Um, we had a nickname for him. We were going to refer to him as simply White Malcolm. Yeah, you don't see a lot of those. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's definitely um. It's definitely a, a tragedy. Uh, I'll start with you, Brandon. Like, what was the first, you know, do you remember, like, a first exposure to Mac Miller? I remember he had, I think it was one of his very first songs called, uh, uh, I think it's Kool-Aid and Frozen Pizza. Yeah. And, I don't know. It's like, you know how Mac Miller was one of those artists where it's like, you know how there's like a stigma about white rappers yeah yeah. and like all like the majority of them look and sound like they started rapping because of eminem <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was the complete opposite with mac like no one claims off, off jump off rip you could tell like he like like he's been been like he did his homework he's been a fan of it yeah and he was immersed in the culture and it showed mm-hmm. yeah i think that's um what a lot of um, people liked about him is that he he was a little bit of an historian mm-hmm. uh, as far as music goes. One of his songs, I think it was the, like the beat he used for Kool Aid and Frozen Pizza, is the beat from a song by Lord Finesse, um, who is not as nationally known, but I think he's respected by you know the the, the bigger hip hop heads. I know they're bigger hip hop heads than us, but yeah. <laughs> they're. Um, you know, uh, uh, an artist that was, you know, that's well respected. And he used one of his, one of his beats for a song. So for him to reach back and do something like that showed that he had an appreciation for, as you said, for the culture, for the music part. And I like that he embraced the musicality, uh, that he focused a lot on that. It wasn't just about getting beats and getting the hot producer, um, I know he worked a lot with, he worked with Anderson Pack. Mm. He worked with SZA. Like they, when they were first, like he, they opened for him. Yeah. And that, um, I also remember, I believe for a while, the internet was his like touring band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So then there, so then there's also then uh, and a connection to Odd Future as well. I think he worked with, with Tyler and, or Frank Ocean, something like that. But, um, working with um with those artists um and kind of like i don't know if you would say he gave them a like a starting point but you know their association with him uh certainly didn't hurt yeah 
and uh, and he's also and also I don't know I know on this last album Swimming and I think maybe the one before Divine Feminine or the one like right after Divine Feminine he's been working with he had been working with Thundercat oh god okay and they were set to go out on tour like one of his last tweets was I can't wait for this tour to start nice okay I didn't know that um, so they were you know he was set to go out on tour so because of that you know it it leans toward the whole thing being an accident. Mm-hmm. An accidental overdose. You know, a lot of people want to look at Ariana Grande and blame her. And that's just, that's it's tasteless. terrible. That's yeah. tasteless. Yeah. It's, it's tasteless. It's you forcing it. You, you know, you feel like you have to blame someone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not fair to, to blame her. Mm-mm. And, you know, maybe because of his drug use no one no one ever, I don't know if anyone said that maybe his drug use pushed her away um you know yeah. you know does anyone consider that <laughs> but do you want to look at no no she made him do drugs I don't you know no no one believes that so that's one thing that was kind of weird to um to deal with well well not to deal with but just to hear like you know I don't I don't think that's fair to her but um what about what about you, Ben? What about your exposure to Mac Miller? So I didn't have a, a big exposure. Like I knew I was familiar with the song "Nikes on My Feet," mm-hmm. um, and I had seen him because I'm a part of the Hip Hop Head subreddit. So I would see him, you know, come up mentioned from time to time. I was familiar with more of the work that he did. So the verse he had on Ariana Grande's single "The Way," and then there's another song that he did later on his what was the feminine feminine divine feminine yeah divine feminine there's a song he did on that album with her uh, where he sings actually. <laughs> and then she sings and it was a really, is a really quaint song, but like, I can't like, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and disrespect him and say like, Oh, I knew a ton. Of, like, I just did not know a lot about Mac Miller. I just knew of the respect that he had. So to hear both of you speak of him like this doesn't really surprise me because he seemed to have a lot of respect as a rapper. Yeah. My, um, my first exposure to him was, uh, someone like was posting these videos on Twitter. Okay. Like when he first started out, like uh, I don't know if it was a team or he had a friend who was a who you know wanted to be a filmmaker. Like mm-hmm. he had very well put together videos. He's doing everything independently. Was Nike's on my feet one of those? Yes, I remember that being very well put together. And um, and he had the mixtape kids that came out. And there was a show, a really bad TV show on VH1 called Single Ladies. It starred Stacey Dash Ooh. and uh, Lisa oh, Ray. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I totally remember that. And it was filmed in Atlanta. And uh, there was a third character. I can't remember her name, and I have not seen her on anything since. But uh, she was a like a wannabe music manager, and you know she's with uh, somebody at the at a park. And Mac Miller plays, I guess, a fictionalized version of himself, and he's selling the mix, his mixtape, which was kids. He was selling the mixtape out of the trunk or or something like that. <laughs> and um, you know how like the you know the mixtape guy approaches you when you're mm-hmm. at the gas station or something. And um, and he had to give his old spiel about why she should listen to his mixtape because she's she's a a music manager. And hmm. then she likes the mixtape and she signs him and then she starts, she gets him a record deal and all that. 
Um, he was in like two or three episodes and then her character came back and then we like never saw him again. So he didn't really have a storyline. Latoya Luckett was on this show? Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Like there was somebody who like played the mayor, but they like, it was, this was right around the Tiger Woods scandal. Mm -hmm. So they just took that and made like the mayor of Atlanta is having all, he's the, the, he's a black mayor, but he sleep with all these white women. It was just, were they parroting Bill Campbell? No. Okay. No, that storyline, they, they took, they, they stole that. They ripped it from Tiger Woods. Cause I was like, I don't think Bill Campbell did that, but. I don't no. know. <laughs> he was, he was all Bill Campbell was doing was hiring black people for stuff, for big stuff. Like we're going to do, we're going to build something new with the airport. I'm going to hire all the black architects or engineers <laughs> or whatever. And people thought that was a problem. Yeah. That this, this is corruption, but this is such a black city. <laughs> like it really is. This is such a, like I forget that sometimes. And then I leave Atlanta and I'm like, where are we at? But then I have to realize, like, <laughs> wait, I'm the majority in Atlanta yeah. and nowhere else. <laughs> like, here used to be D.C., still Birmingham, which is probably why Kendra has such a great time living there. <laughs> but, like, nowhere else. <laughs> um, but, yeah, a really bad TV show. I think Queen Latifah produced it, too. Oh, that sounds like something she But, anyway, um, so, yeah, that was... Uh, and then um, when iTunes would have like free singles every week, would they give his stuff away sometimes? I'm guessing. Uh, well, one of the singles that uh, was his song "Knock Knock," mm. um, which he sampled like it was like some song from the '50s or early '60s, mm. and like who would think to sample <laughs> something like that? And then uh, it was another song called "On and On," which was like the single right before he kind of blew up and everything. So um, I'm not saying I know everything about Mac Miller, but he, it was just, he was just someone that kind of popped up all the time mm-hmm. and um, uh, he put out a lot of good, a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rest in peace to Mac Miller, um, AKA white Malcolm, <laughs> call him white Malcolm because that's his real first name. <laughs> you don't see a lot of you don't see a lot of uh, white Malcolms mm-hmm. around. Um, the other thing we had in the news is, of course, the news came out of who will be performing at halftime of the Super Bowl here in Atlanta, and it is the band we know as Adam and the Levines. Adam <laughs> and the Levines. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm we ready. used to actually be a band. <laughs> I hope, I hope, I hope I run into him in Atlanta. That I'm gonna be out just in hopes to see him. Like you, they went from playing like the opening of the NFL season or of the like Super Bowl to the headline, dude. Man, he owes the voice. So, <laughs> well, what's interesting is that the Super Bowl was on NBC last year. What's it on this year, Fox? Um, it's going to be on CBS. Oh, okay. That has every number oh. one show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every show is number one. <laughs> I can't wait to see this. Um, but also joining them. Who? Love and Hip Hop legend Cardi B. Oh. So the showstopper will likely be Girls Like You, unless they come up with another single. And I don't know if, I don't know if they did a song with him. Travis Scott. This is is this produced by MTV? That's a fix. <laughs> this is weird. 
Oh, this is weird. This better not be like when Coldplay played and like you forget that you was forget Coldplay. That, 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 like it was just Coldplay Beyonce was and Brutal Bars. I was so mad because I really liked Coldplay right then. <laughs> and pretty much it was just Beyonce. Like Bruno Mars was there much. and mm-hmm. he overshadowed Coldplay too. But it was mostly Beyonce's show. Which is funny because when people say rock is dead, that kind of proves it. Like, that mm-hmm. was one of the biggest bands in the world, if not the biggest band in the world internationally. And you got shown up by a little dude from Hawaii and Beyonce. Pete. <laughs> you got Pete. Pete from Hawaii <laughs> showed you up. And Beyonce. And it's just like, ah. Like, rock, like, put its, that, like, that was its, you know, it's right hook <laughs> and what's interesting is that like we've had the last couple of years where um you know uh Justin Timberlake no features yeah Lady Gaga no features yeah damn good show too um so they don't have I wonder if they just don't have faith in them or yeah I mean it you're gonna maybe you, are you not gonna see enough of Adam Levine or do you think the camera will be on him too much and the band will resent him. So let's have some special guests. So it doesn't look like we're <laughs> so just it hogging. Look like yeah. it's the camera's just on him. Because I bet they're. I. I mean, I haven't really seen them a lot live since they replaced the drummer after the first album, and then got a whole bunch of new people, including a black keyboard player. So I don't really know how they sound. I could only hope that they sound good. All right, how many songs from uh, Songs About Jane? Okay, I I was going to say that. This Love, that's all you'll hear. This Love? You'll hear This Love. The only other song you might hear is She Will Be Loved, and that'll be when the lights go down and everyone holds up their cell phones. (laughs) Outside of that, it's going to be Payphone. You're going to hear, you'll probably hear Maps. You'll probably hear... Moves Like Jagger. Oh, you're definitely going to hear Moves Like Jagger. As a matter of fact... Wouldn't be surprised if surprise Christina Aguilera. Yes, would not be surprised. They um, really surprised me if they did that future song. The, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Wouldn't be. I mean, like I can't remember the name of the song. Like all yeah, their new songs yeah, feature rappers. Yeah. So like, don't want to know. You know, all these songs that that's are coming Kendrick. out. Maybe Kendrick might show up. Yeah. So like, that's why I don't think we'll hear. Like, if anything, you open with this love. Just to get it out of the way, <laughs> <laughs> and then you never look back. <laughs> I, I, so it would be a surprise if if harder to breathe was in there at all. Oh my, oh, harder! Man. Are you kidding me? You might hear da da, count it, and then they'll just start. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not gonna. They'll play the opening riff just to like appease people like me. <laughs> So uh, you think maps? They'll do maps. I maps think they'll was do a maps. huge song when it was out. I when it first think I wouldn't be surprised just because of how upbeat it is. If instead they open with "Makes Me Wonder," yeah, just because it has a really nice. Both of those songs have really good openings, though. So they'll close with. They'll close with "She Will Be Loved," or um, it's called "I Won't Go Home Without You." Oh, the song with um, yeah, okay, yeah, that's from the second album. It won't be soon before long. Um, and there's a song they did with Rihanna, maybe that one, but Rihanna's uh, not never be see there. your face again. Yeah, yeah. So let me see. I'm trying to think. Girls like you. So they're gonna. Girls like you is probably they're gonna be in the middle there. when they bring out Cardi when B. Bring out Cardi B. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Sugar. That that song's gonna, oh, be, sugar in there. gonna be in there. Sugar yeah. and animals will be in there. Um, I. think feel like so not what is it from one more night know. could 
But maybe one more night. I don't know about uh, animals, though. You don't think animals? Nah. I think that's, that's that too, more popular that, song. That's too risque. We're oh, about the there we are talking about the. Well then, um, this summer definitely won't be on there. <laughs> what are you gonna say? This mother, mother, like. <laughs> um, but moves move like Jagger yeah. will definitely be in there. I'm just wondering what are they gonna do when they get to her part. But since this yeah. typically a medley, maybe that's where they stop and yeah. on to the next song. They'll probably try to pack in like eight or nine songs. Yeah. Uh, what I've heard from people who do know, I work at a radio station. And a topic has been this week since this news came out is that um, why didn't they get any Atlanta-based artists? And they never it's a that. very simple answer. That's never been done. They don't Mm-mm. do the local act. Mm-mm. I mean, if Prince were alive, would he have performed at last year's Super Bowl? Maybe. Maybe. And it would have been a feature. Maybe. It would have been a feature. That's a big, <laughs> big maybe. Um. You know, maybe would he have wanted to bring out Moore's Day in the Time and Jimmy Jam? And yeah, he would have had a lot of uh, maybe Janet Jackson yeah. makes a makes a, a cameo or something. Maybe uh, make it very Minnesota centric. At least, just put it this way: at least we've moved past when it was country music here. Yeah, when they brought out who was it the first Garth Brooks? Yeah, like granted, Garth Brooks would put up a hell of a show. I'm just saying, he put on a really good he was, show. He was a super. That was that was 25 years ago. Yeah, he was a superstar. And he was a superstar. <laughs> it I made. It, yeah, I'll take that back. It did make sense. Did you put the Super Halftime Act? Who performed at the uh, Borderline Drake at that point? Yeah, yeah. He, was, <laughs> he was the country Drake. <laughs> the country Drake. Yes. <laughs> who performed at the one the last time I was here? Uh, when it was the Rams and Titans? That was the last time I was here. What year was that? 2000. Yeah. Super Bowl 34. All right. Who was the act? I want to think that was the Gloria Estefan. No, not Gloria Estefan. I can't remember. That's the, that might have been there. Um, oh, yes. Phil Collins. Oh. Christina Aguilera. Enrique Iglesias. Oh Tina Turner. God. And what? Tony Braxton. Was that produced by your TV? It was the E-Trade halftime show produced by Disney entitled Tapestry of Nations oh. after the Epcot parade of the same name. The show was narrated by none other than the Edward James Almos. <laughs> produced by Disney? Yeah. It um, wasn't on ABC? Uh, oh, Georgia Tech Marching Man was their pregame. It was on... Duh, ABC. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. They didn't I, even do You Will Be. When did that movie, We Will Be in My Heart? Be in my heart? Tarzan? Yeah. Uh, Was that after 2000, the year 2000? I think it came out later that year. Okay. Because I don't know that any wasn't of in the these songs. None of Where the Heartache. Okay. So Proud Mary, they went into Where the Heartache is Over. Oh, slash so Proud Phil Mary. Collins didn't do any of his own songs. He did Two Worlds. Two Worlds. No, no, wait, no, no, no. no. That's, that's from Tarzan. Yeah, two worlds. Tarzan, yeah, Tarzan was uh, ninety nine. The only song he did from Tarzan one, was the one that no one liked. Where's you'll be in my heart? That's your showstopper. <laughs> you won an Oscar for it. <laughs> that's your showstopper. Come on, man. Who wrote? Who? That, that's the tearjerker right there. Yeah. Oh man, that that man. Man, that's stupid. Hey, you, how do you do that and not play You'll Be In My Heart? Yeah, you run a freaking Oscar for that song. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, congratulations yeah. to Maroon 5. Once we get close to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, we're, we're we'll, making a set list. Uh, yeah, we'll get their set list. 
Uh, let's get to the charts really quick here. Um, Hot 100. Number one is still in my feelings. It's good at that challenge, man. Have you seen the video where the woman gets hit by the car? No, I haven't watched the video at all. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. It's fake, of course, but it's, it's very funny. Uh, number two, Girls Like You by Adam and the Levines featuring love and hip-hop legend Cardi B. I'm sure it will be number one soon enough after this mm-hmm. announcement. Number three, love and hip-hop legend Cardi B, Bad Bunny, and J Balvin with I Like It. Number four, Better Now by Sirius Malone. Number five, Lucid Dreams by Juice World. Number six, <laughs> I Love It by Kanye West and Lil Pump. Didn't know they did a song together. Uh, yes. So Kanye Kanye is doing some different things now. Um, was he the creative director for the Pornhub Awards? That, yes. That's a thing? Yeah. Or something like that. And it's this like, was, like a fashion show. This is when he released that this song. Hmm. Um it's a it's a funny song. Yeah. Uh the video is weird. I don't know how Spike Jones continues to work with Kanye on this stuff. <laughs> I wanted to be weird. I'm gonna call Spike Jones, and it is weird. <laughs> um so yeah, and it's like it's less than two and a half minutes long, but hmm. Uh, number six, Fifi by Rainbow Bright, the rapper, featuring the Harriet Tubman of rap. <laughs> number eight, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott, uh, who, will, as we mentioned, will be performing at Super Bowl halftime. Number nine, Taste by the receding, the returning hairline, featuring Offset. Number ten, Love Lies by... Khalid and Normani, the other artists formerly known as Fifth Harmony. <laughs> um, let's get back here to the uh, Billboard 200. So this is a face we haven't seen in a while. Or really, I guess ever. Since we've started recording this show, I don't think he's ever been on this chart. Yeah. So, uh, I'm yeah. going to pull it up here. And now, and now, now I want a nickname for him. I guess the best Beatle. <laughs> so number one, the Billboard 200 is, um, or he could be in the the category. The Paul the McCartney. Paul McCartney. Or the Sir Paul McCartney. <laughs> Sir the the Paul. Sir the Paul McCartney. His album Egypt Station debuts at number one. Uh, I think I heard him say that uh, Kanye was inter- was interested in producing the album, uh, but Paul ended up going in another direction. Yeah. Um, I think he just didn't want to pay any sampling fees. Yeah. <laughs> um, number two, uh, Kamikaze by Eminem. It debuted at number one last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Number three, Look Up Child by Lauren Daigle. Mm-hmm. Number four, Zoo by Russ. Uh, there's a video of, um, there's this, uh, I guess, YouTuber. Yeah, YouTuber, uh, Cody Co. He had a video on, um, it's called That's Cringe. He has a series of videos called That's Cringe, which he looks at other videos that seem really awkward. And Russ was in, he talked about Russ in one of them, mm-hmm. in which uh, the question was asked to Russ, what's the most romantic thing you've ever done? And <laughs> he said he mentally fucked the shit out of a woman. What the hell? And basically he was going into like, yeah, you know, so, you know, if you put 
if you put uh you know something into a surface level gesture and that means somebody loves you you're going to be let down every time so you know like you know if you if you love your woman you know you you give her you set you uh, run a bath for her and give her flowers and everything you know what's that going to do for her after the first 5 hours oh, like what what the hell are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> so like he ruins he ruins his music for me. Like his like interviews and stuff ruins his music for me. Yeah, because he, he's not bad, but he's like, I, 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 he's. I guess the simple term would be like he's very. <clears throat> he thinks very high of himself. Yeah. Well, that uh, that probably that won't get him too far. I haven't listened to any of his songs, but that video just showed me like what he he he's fake deep yeah like that that's what people called halsey so (laughs) fake deep there you go number five scorpion by the perpetual kentucky recruit does he still does john calipari still is he still cool down there we'll wait for midnight madness let's see we'll see if he shows up we'll see him in the layup if he's in the layup line (laughs) Number six, uh, Swimming by the aforementioned white Malcolm Mac Miller. Number seven, Astro World by Travis Scott. Number eight, Beer Bungs and Bentleys by Sirius Malone. Number nine, debuted at number nine, I Want to Die in New Orleans by the Suicide Boys. Familiar with Suicide Boys? Never heard of them. And number 10, Sweetener by Ariana Grande. The strongest ponytail in the game. Don't, don't imagine dragons. I don't think they have anything out right now, do uh, yeah. they? Oh, they did they just release something? I think they, uh, I they released a I'm single about them because not only are they no longer our NBA 2K, they've made their way over to WWE 2K. So 2K is oh. hoarding them for. Ah. Wait, no, wait. So they're on a 2K game. They're technically the unretired. 2K, yeah, they're the 2K legends. <laughs> we never said which 2K. Yeah, we didn't say which one. <laughs> All right, so in the Artist 100, number one, Sir The Paul McCartney is number one. He released an album, so yep. there you go. Um, number two is Eminem. Number three, Lauren Daigle. Number four, we're kind of sort of worried about them, just a little. Mm-hmm. Number five, The Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number six, well, he was unranked last week. And then he died. So Mac Miller is number six this week. Number seven, Sirius Malone. Do you take him seriously yet? Nah, nah. (laughs) It changes from week to week. (laughs) Number eight, the now unretired 2K Legends. (laughs) Number nine, Russ. (laughs) We need a nickname for him, too. Um... And number 10, the strongest ponytail in the game, Ariana Grande. Um, So uh, you had something about Spotify. Yes. Um, So as of, well, I guess this came out on the 20th. I don't see when it's going to go into effect, but Spotify has announced a new beta feature that will allow independent artists to upload their music directly to the platform instead of through a label or data or digital aggregator. Uh, it says normally artists who aren't signed up for a major label 
um, have to pay a fee to a third-party service like TuneCore to upload their music to Spotify. The upload will f- the upload feature will be will be contained within the service's existing Spotify for Artists platform, which among other things allows artists to view data about their listener and directly submit their songs for editorial playlist consideration. So, pretty big deal for independent artists. Um, I might call up Chris and ask him what was his experience like trying to upload to Spotify because I think he's kind of the only person I know. We can ask actually ask Brandon. Brandon, you're on Spotify? Yes, I am. Shut up. Yes, I am. Under what? <laughs> Under Father Cloud. <laughs> 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 I have three mm. I have three instrumentals on uh on Spotify, but I went through a service called DistroKid, which is like a it's like a it's a metal man. It's a digital uh What's the word I'm looking for? Distributor. Okay. Digital distributor sends it out to Spotify, Apple Music, and all the dozens of others. I had no idea how many streaming services there were yeah, there's until a lot. I tried. <laughs> so at first, I was just like, oh, I just want to get on Apple Music and Spotify. But then it's like, do you want to be on Steezer? Like, what's that? <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, through, I'm through them. But with this, this is a bit of a game changer because mm-hmm. with with that service I have to pay of course I have to pay like uh like a, I have to pay like well for this I pay like a, a yearly a yearly fee it's nothing crazy but I do have to pay something I'm wondering with Spotify will they require some sort of fee for them to do it mm. only time will tell There's, but even <clears> so <throat> that to be able to, to do upload directly to spotify that's a beautiful thing uh says it's being offered as a free service that's Mm. yeah awesome um so if that's the case this kind of sounds like the soundcloud model yeah and that's what everyone in the comments said like you know this will be the death of soundcloud (laughs) you can just upload it yourself yeah soundcloud is already going down yeah it's already it's already on their way down but with Spotify adopting this model, it's, that might be the nail on the coffin. Uh, so I'm, I'm, oh, sorry, got a text message. It's the popularity here. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, an idea that that I had probably like a year ago, and never have time to to like do anything about it. And I wanted, I had an idea for this for the 100th episode, but mm-hmm. it'll probably have to be a little later. Um, I wanted to, like, we should do a song. Oh, yeah. You remember? Okay. And now we can upload it directly and to Spotify. Direct it, yep. Directly to Spotify. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, um, yeah, look out for that if we remember. Drop it soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, was there another story? I feel like there was one more story. Was it aside from Drake and Millie Bobby Brown? I think that was it. Oh, the pedophile. I mean, sorry, he's not. <laughs> we don't know what he's done yet. We don't know what he's done, but he's done something. I'm sure. <laughs> you don't text some chick. Oh, I miss you. I miss you. So, uh, Brandon, you you had this suggestion. Um, I'm trying to catch up on it, but I did see that. Um, Drake and Millie Bobby Brown are are friends to say the least. 
but uh, hopefully it's not anything more than that. But there have been some, um, some, uh, some criticisms to say the least. I bet you Drake was mad. And what he's finding out now is that young girls talk. Like she's yeah. probably this to her. This is like I'm. I'm seeing an older boy. Ooh, she's probably telling her friends. And <laughs> well, uh, according to the the Billboard story, uh, also E News and Yahoo have a story, their own story. But she says uh, she. But it says she will not let haters discount her relationship. Um, when the 14 year old actress, yes, 14, she is 14. 14. Keep that in mind. Revealed her close relationship, uh, her close friendship with rapper Drake. People were quick to question how appropriate their relationship is, given their age difference. She's 14. He's 31. Um, Why you got to make a lovely friendship your headline? She rebuked via Instagram story. You guys are weird for real. Man, I think she, for me, I think she's the one who made it weird. Because when they were asking, when it came up, when it came, she was like in an interview, and when it came up, it was like, "Oh, you're friends with Drake." Well, yeah, I'm friends with Drake. Uh, we hang out and stuff like that. And then she started saying stuff oh, like, "Yeah, we go to dinner whenever he's in town. Mm-hmm. We text yeah, each other. Oh, I miss me. you. I miss you too." And stuff. It was like, was "Like, so what do you guys talk about? What do you, what do you guys, oh, he gives me advice of how to deal with with my career and stuff, which is cool." But then the 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 interviewer asks. Like oh so what what kind of advice does he does he give you? She's like oh well those stay in the DMs and starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well it says that uh, she told that that the rapper gives her advice about boys, and they text frequently. Boys, because uh, she was they, she is a kid man. And the Jesus. crazy thing is, it's like she's not like just some, like a girl from around the way that he no. knows. She is literally British. <laughs> 14 um, it's like you can't say like oh that's my aunt's kid oh that's my <laughs> she, like her mom knows my mom and we cool like that she's the star of one of the biggest shows in the world like, like I got Netflix <laughs> <laughs> she came with Netflix what? <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> so it's like he's just trying to find out season 3 spoilers <laughs> And uh, what's uh, also interesting is that um, he Drake has a lot of uh, with the friends that he may have that there's always something people always are always going to think something weird is going on. Yeah, Uh, like it's also another weird thing where I believe it's Jimmy Jam's daughter who is 18. Was that the girl he got the, the restaurant shut down for? I believe so. Yeah. Jesus, man. She was cute, though. But Jesus, man. (laughs) Uh, He also, um, he is, let me see if I can find it. Hmm. Drake, Jimmy Jam daughter. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Trying to get a discount on a production. No. No. You are Kelly in training. He's going all the way control on the next album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I see. I've seen this picture. I didn't know that was his daughter. So yeah, I've seen that picture, but um, there was, 
when he would go to Raptors basketball games that were on ESPN, he would wear a Doris Burke shirt or sweater. Uh, she's one of the like sideline reporters or one of the um, broad, she's on the broadcast team basically. Mm-hmm. And he's like woman crush every day, Doris Burke. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so I did not even say it's still like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, like this, this was at the game. Like Doris Burke is at the game. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Like Sage, still, well, Sage still does it. She's not at the games. Yeah, no, it's, it's weird. <laughs> and they had, uh, they had dinner together. He had dinner with Doris Burke. I don't know if he shut down a restaurant or how how frequently they text each other. That's weird. But um, <laughs> yeah. But then again, at one point, I had a crush on Elizabeth Vargas, so I can't judge. So I, 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 I have a feeling he, he, he doesn't stay. If this if is all like worse than it actually looks, mm-hmm. he doesn't stay in his age group. No, nah. it's either a lot younger or a lot, or a lot older. older, or a lot. Oh, I was about to say it's either a lot younger or a lot younger. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, till he mess around and show up in public with like Julianne Moore. It's just like, ugh. Because he also, um, <laughs> well, he was with. I, well, I don't. I, maybe he just met her. Maybe it was just a photo. But he had. There's a picture of him and Sade too. Jesus, man, he's just allegedly he had a thing with J Lo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, with Erica Badu, and like he he put that in a song where he he went to her house and she made him a cup of tea or something. Are these all the chicks he crushed on when he was a kid? Like, yeah, <laughs> he's dude, finally dude, getting them. <laughs> if Aaliyah was alive say. today, oh, he'd be oh, he'd yeah, be yeah. chasing after they her. Done it, they would have done an album together already. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, you know. So ever since Rihanna burned him, uh, is this how he's getting back? <laughs> he's dating. He's like, no, nah, I, I can't date girls my age no more. <laughs> well, it's better than beating her. Like, I'm, I'm stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he did not beat her. He was just being mean. He was uh, just finna beat me. He was just being uh, mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean hope it's not you know it's it's not um it's not bad yeah uh because she was dating as whatever 13 year olds 13 14 year olds can do when dating um you're the jacob sartorius Mm-mm. have you brandon i think he's like a youtube personality yeah and now and he's a singer too how old is he? Six? <laughs> he might be like 14, 15. Okay, maybe I saw. Okay, he's 15. I saw a picture of him like he was in diapers. He looked... um, but he's one of the. I think, I don't know if he was a. became a star during the days of Vine, or it would have been. or maybe through YouTube. But he's one of those. Um, uh, he's kind of in the same category as Matty B. Oh wow, Maddie B. Maddie B. Yeah, who's Maddie uh, B? Maddie B. is one of the greatest rappers of all time. <laughs> so I'm gonna take it that he sucks. <laughs> Maddie B. is um, okay. So when Kids Bob put rap songs mm-hmm. on there, they would get him. Oh, he looks like hey. Logan Paul. I, I already, like he's been doing. He's been doing this for a he while. He was like seven. He's been around for like 
ten, nine, ten years. He's from Atlanta. He's from Duluth. He's he's, he's been doing this for a while. Everything. Uh, you may have seen may have seen a vine like. Me and my friends do this dance called the Nene, <laughs> and when we hit it, it gets pretty crazy. Gets pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, God, he sounds adorable. <laughs> so he was just doing other people's songs. Like, he did um, he did a cover of Loyal, like Chris Brown's Loyal. He has a Billie Jean cover? Yeah. He covered Loyal? Yeah. He doesn't know what it means, though. He's, he's a kid. He's a rapper. He knows what it means. Wait, these now. chicks in the playground ain't loyal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, but that so that's where Jacob Sartorius is. He's 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 like Maddie B. Okay, I know none of these people, but I'm looking them up later. <laughs> he's from Duluth, so you know his parents were just like, oh yeah, I think it's cool that he raps. You know, <laughs> you know, you know. It, uh, what was the the company that Rebecca Black got with? Oh God. I uh, hope he and, didn't and go And they there. had one of the... Well, it was not the same, not the same person, yeah. but I feel like he was discovered that way. Probs. To where, like, mommy, I want to rap. And then, you know, she found somebody at a Whole Foods or something. Dad hit him. <laughs> You're not doing that black music. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have a future. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but uh, otherwise, I, I hope that uh, Drake is not recruiting Millie Bobby Brown in the, the bad way that people want in the to R. Kelly way speculate not the R. Kelly kind of recruiting because she's got a future <laughs> like I swear if he up if he holds up season three of Stranger Things man I'll bomb Toronto man like hey I'm not joking okay I'm joking I don't want to go to jail <laughs> that's a joke guys <laughs> FBI that's a joke <laughs> alright so that'll do it for our music news um, so Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. So I have recently discovered that there's a drummer named Matt Chamberlain who has played on a ton of stuff that I loved. Um, I was listening, I went like on a country binge on Sunday or something like that. And I was telling you know, my fiance, Kendra, how much I love the drums and well, the whole band is really good, but I really love the drummer in this particular song, decided to look up who it was. Found out it's a guy named Matt Chamberlain. So he's played on every Sarah Evans album. He played on um, the second John Mayer album. What was the name of it? Heavier Things. Everything. He played all the drums on Bringing Down the Horse, <laughs> The Wallflowers. And on their second album, he played on he's played on Sugarland's albums. He's played on the album by Vanessa Carlton, the second one that Stephen Jenkins produced. Um, Eddie Brickell and the New Bohemians. He played on for thir- the first two Fiona <laughs> Apple records. <laughs> yes, this guy has been, he's been around for years. He was in, um, he played, um, he was on, for a short time in Pearl Jam. <laughs> like he's been, he's just been everywhere. He played so he, on. Did he decline to be in Hired Gun? Did he decline I, to be I don't documentary? know. Maybe he's, he's happy. Got work. He's happy, so they didn't get him. <laughs> he's like, I've made good decisions. <laughs> he played on Liz Fair's Liz Fair album. <laughs> he's played on. And I was just like, how is this person? I've loved everything he's done. And then to realize it's the same guy <laughs> on all these records. He might be like second only to like Josh Freeze. Mm. And like I, I so I tried to find him on, on um, Instagram. He's not on Instagram, but he's been working with some loop company 
and just like they've had them in the studio nonstop recording so loops. Have the Matt Chamberlain packs. Basically, they're like, oh, <laughs> we got <laughs> we got uh, Matt Chamberlain in here playing loops. And it's just him sitting there, and he's a very unassuming looking dude. He's kind of got like you know. He's got shorter length hair. He looks a little old. Like you look him like you were in Pearl Jam, dude. You were <laughs> Yeah, so um this is the song that I just love the most that he played on. It is called Born to Fly from Sarah Evans Born to Fly. <laughs> and check it out. All right, so we're gonna play Born to Fly by Sarah Evans, and we'll be right back. So that is Born to Fly by Sarah Evans from her album Born to Fly. And you can find that on our BTT YHT Eworms playlist on Spotify. I think now he, yeah, I think now he plays with uh, Soundgarden. Like he just, he, he just, yeah, he's been playing with everyone. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, that's a, that's a cool song. Um, the rest of her albums do not sound like that. <laughs> um, the rest of them are, you know, they're just a little, little different. Like, you know, she's changed on every um, album. I don't think he played on her latest album, but he played on like her first three or four records. Okay. Um, and I think I'm trying to figure out because so Clarity by John Mayer, Quest Love plays on that, but they're both credited. So I don't know if maybe like one did programming and one played or one, you know, vice versa. I don't know. Another one of my drum influences, Mr. Quest Love. So we started the program with um, uh, the duet. (laughs) Something in common. (laughs) 
<laughs> it shouldn't be that funny, but it is. <laughs> um, by Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston. And we're discussing the BET miniseries event, The Bobby Brown Story. Yes, we know it came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but we're talking about it now, and yeah. that's what matters. I guess, yeah, spoiler, spoiler, I can't talk. Spoiler alert. Yeah. If you have not seen the movie, <laughs> stop now <laughs> and go watch it, because we're about to spoil the hell out of this movie. <laughs> um, so um, I'll start with you, Brandon. Uh, in, watching the, in watching it, what was the first thing that kind of... Um, uh, jumped out at you. And before you answer, like, just want to let people know, this is not exactly a sequel to the new edition story, just more of a spinoff. It's the BETCU. And yeah. Um, it's, it's adjacent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, should there be like it? I mean, that makes perfect sense. There is a, a cinematic universe or it might be the, um, the BET, TVU, the television universe. universe. I like that too. I just wish that new see new editions would have new edition would have been their Avengers, but they just they went too soon, man. <laughs> they started there. <laughs> kind of like DC. Oh God, no. Oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I'm uh, sorry, but I don't want to fringe. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so Brandon, what was the first thing that kind of jumped out at you as far as uh, watching this film? Uh, finding out that a lot like Bobby Brown has had a hard life it, it come, come to find out yeah. and I know he had like a book he had like a book where he wrote about the majority of the things that were in the movie yeah but like it seemed like every time he turned around somebody somebody close to him was dying or well the main thing that stuck out to me most because it always bothered me was him having a stroke and his stroke being the reason his jaw was funny mm. for a few years. Mm. Yeah. Um, everyone blamed crack, crack for jaw. that. Yeah. <laughs> that he had crack jaw. I don't know if that's a thing, but the thing is, it's like, I, I, I've never seen, I've never seen another crackhead. That had that. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're more just like shivering or, you know, wearing, um, wearing, you know, fur coats in the summertime or something like that or whatever. Where um, they don't have teeth. Or don't have mm-hmm. teeth, yes. But, that, yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's one thing that really stood out to me. It was like, oh, that answers that. Um, the, uh, I guess the, one of the first things I noticed is the scene where his, where his friend was stabbed. Uh <laughs> I it made would, a note about that too. It was the blocking. I'm looking at it technically. The blocking was weird. Like yeah. if that's how it happened, like man, that is just a freak accident. Yeah. Or like, wasn't it like someone who wasn't even in the fight kicked him into the knife? <laughs> I think no, so. no. He he kicked the dude with the knife. Yeah. And the the guy was just holding the knife like. Like he, he wasn't, wasn't he he wasn't holding as if like okay I'm I'm getting you know I'm gonna it, use like, this. not in a fighting stance mm-hmm. he just like brought it out like to scare him just like you know it was for show and he falls into it and then the guy the you know kid who wasn't even in the fight kicks the guy with the knife he falls yeah. forward yeah. 
and it stabs the and it stabs his friend. So if that's how it happened, that's that's a freak accident. That's that's really it's just a freak accident. Yeah, that's well, all I can look at. Why did that as. kid kick him? <laughs> I mean, he was trying to help. Mm. <laughs> he was trying to help. Um, the kid looked like Justin Timberlake. Yeah, the one that stabbed him. It, yeah. yeah, he the the other kid was trying to help, and he he you heard it here yeah. first. Bobby Brown's best friend as a child was stabbed by Justin Timberlake. That's what I said. Justin Timberlake stabs his friend. The untold story. <laughs> the story Justin won't tell you. Um, so the and the kid like who played the younger Bobby Brown is the same one who played the younger one in the new yeah. edition story. They probably had to get that scene done quick because he's growing up. He's growing <laughs> up. <laughs> Puberty has hit. And that was a, um, it was a short, you know, it wasn't even long. It was just like that happens, and then, boom, yeah. nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> um, well, because you would have been rehashing New Edition yeah. all over again, and those yeah. kids have hit puberty too, I'm sure. Yeah. So they couldn't do too much there. Uh, cameo by Tatiana Ali. Yeah. Um, what was the audition process for that role? Because she's in the movie for less than a minute. She cries. Like, can you? Cry? She yeah, cries pretty much. She plays the mother of the kid who was stabbed. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I guess they just felt they had to do that. Like, let's get a familiar face yeah. for this role. Um, so in the new edition story, uh, Bobby meets with, uh, what was the dude's name that Tank played? Oh, Gerald uh, Busby. Gerald the Busby. mice, the mouse. What can the mouse do for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he In the new edition story, he talks to Gerald Busby in a limo in a snowstorm or whatever. Yeah. In the in the Bobby Brown story, Gerald Busby is in his living room. So I feel like <laughs> Gerald Busby came back, like he, he like he needed Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. He's like, I ain't coming out here again. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like oh, yeah. insult my house. Like he's tough, but he's uppity. Yeah, <laughs> he's he, he's dressed too nice to yeah. be in the hood. You getting you getting you getting poor on my Gucci. Like, <laughs> Um, so yeah, he, and was, what was interesting is that like the decision was left up to Bobby. Yeah. As far as what he's going to do with his career. Uh, you know, it was, it was a contract thing to where, you know, if he's kicked out of the group or he leaves the group, the record company is obligated to do at least one album with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the decision was left up to Bobby yeah. to what, to what he wanted to do. Uh, which I found was interesting. Um, and then, right then, he hires his brother to be his manager. One Mr. Mackay Pfeiffer. Sorry, played Tommy Brown. Pfeiffer. Tommy Brown. Tommy Brown, played by Mackay Pfeiffer. Um, so, uh, we uh, they did make reference to King of Stage. Very little reference. <laughs> very, very little, because it wasn't... I've heard two songs Yeah, from it. Uh the first single, the the girlfriend, where he's pretending to be in school. Yeah, <laughs> we like never saw Bobby in school, school again. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, that was the first single. Uh, I only Lul Silas believe that a ballad should be the first single. Yeah. Um, I saw. I've seen the video for a song called "Girlfriend," and or no, "Girl Next Door." That song was called "Girlfriend." "Girl Next Door." Um, it had 
it had the dude from I can't remember I don't know his real name but he was in he was in the McDonald's commercials where you know Calvin gets a job Calvin's got a job he was in that commercial <laughs> uh, oh or man he played the dude on um, on Living Single that worked at the magazine he had like a Jamaican accent or something I don't think I know that's that one I know the face yeah I don't know his name um yeah I think his character on Living Single his name was Russell. Hmm, okay, that name sounds familiar. But he he was he worked at the magazine, Queen Latifah's magazine, and he was always like hitting on her. But and it was was a, a running gag or whatever. Okay. Um, but he was in the videos like one of his backup dancers or something. So, you know, fun fact there. Uh, <laughs> um, the I guess the I didn't I don't know if it was meant to be funny or not. I don't know if Babyface or, or L.A. Reed have had any comments <laughs> about the scene where he first meets them. And he just rags on their clothing. <laughs> and their and their hair. Like, and... Ladies love this style. It's that when, when they were, when the deal was the deal. hot. Yeah. Um, they had, uh, they had, they borderline looked like they were like play with Prince. Yeah, they did. They looked like they were straight out of the 60s. Like it was. Yeah. With their perms and their <laughs> and their jerry curls and their yeah. and their shiny suits, um, that was when he was like, "You got to hear this song they did with the whispers." And I turned him like, "Oh, he's talking about Rocksteady." Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to hear this song he did. For the... Like they yeah. couldn't say the name. Did they not have the rights to say the name of the song? They probably didn't get the get the rights to use it. Yeah, or they're like. We can't make reference to everything because yeah. they probably could have. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they like we can't we can't play like all this incidental music. Um, well, you yeah, had to play it, but you can't even say the name. <laughs> it's like rock steady. That'll be a hundred five hundred dollars. <laughs> like they they played like the songs that thousand yeah. dollars. They they played the songs that Babyface wrote on Don't Be Cruel. Which is which is Don't Be Cruel mm-hmm. and Rock With You and mm-hmm. Roni and um, I feel like there was one more song. Well, but... Babyface scored the movie, so well, yeah. yeah. And like... he wrote he wrote um, they wrote Rock Steady, so he was like, "Was his record?" I'm like, "Nah, bro, you can't." It probably would have been like <laughs> that. He would have charged like like he char- he was charging a certain amount to it's himself like, <laughs> if you want to use Rock Steady. And then, like, it's just this astronomical. <laughs> like, you know what? You know what, Kenneth? I think we'll go without that one. <laughs> we'll just make reference to it. Or or it might have been too too much babyface writing. Too much. <laughs> they played those songs like, oh, yeah, we can, you know, we can play the, there could be a scene where we play Rocksteady for him. Like, no, that that's enough, Kenneth. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> that's when they get serious to call him Kenneth. All right, Kenneth. <laughs> Calm down, Kenneth. <laughs> All right, face. <laughs> <laughs> Who called him face? Someone. Gerald something... Busby called yes, him face. face. Gerald Busby. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald Busby was telling Johnny Gill, I call Jimmy, I call Terry, and I call face. And I call face. <laughs> oh, man. Who calls him that? <sighs> Tank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, there was a there, yeah, very heavy on like you, they basically skipped over King of Stage 
They're like, ah, that one doesn't matter. Let's get to Don't Be Cruel. <laughs> like, that's all we need to talk about. No one, no one cares about King of Stage. Like he, he. I don't think he does any songs Probably in not. all these tours from King of Stage. And it, it almost <laughs> made it seem like, and maybe I'm reading too much in this. I almost felt like they said he discovered Teddy Riley. <laughs> like yeah. nobody well, he, knew Teddy before me. <laughs> he I, knew. I know. Well, he knew Teddy Riley, but the risk was, yeah, that he's a hip hop producer. He was like, you ever heard of stuff with Key Sweat? Who's Key Who's Sweat? He, yeah. <sighs> Who's Keith like, Sweat? Yo. It was like, like Bo- Bobby's going to the clubs and they're playing these songs. The record execs are not. They're Nobody just like, what is this? I need to go to the streets. What do you mean I want her? What, what is this? This is aggressive. But it did make it seem like he discovered Teddy Riley or Teddy Riley just appeared out of thin air. Yeah. Um, Which I must, yeah. I must say that was kind of a spot on portrayal of Teddy Riley. Yes, it yeah. was. It was very good. One of early on one of my favorite castings. Um as far as the fame cuz I don't know Tommy Brown. I thought Mackay Pfeiffer was excellent, but I don't really know Tommy Brown. But in terms of like celebrities, that was the first one I was like, "Wow, that was that was a really good casting. He nailed that." I thought. I, I don't know who the actor is that played him. It was Teddy Riley's son. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um I think it would have popped a little bit more if it was an it was a familiar face, or if more more was done with that character, more with their relationship, because he worked with him on Bobby as well. Uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, that was one thing I noticed. Not a lot of focus on the music, um, as far as like the process of of making the um, of making the albums. I mean, yeah, like they had the the scene where he's recording on don't be cruel. They have the scene where, uh, basically you see the, my prerogative video, mm-hmm. uh, shot for shot, pretty much I say in its entirety, in its entirety. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was like, they're not gonna abridge this one. <laughs> um, and you know, there were a couple other songs in there. Um, you know, but not a lot of focus on that. And I, I, I mean, it's his life story. So, you mm-hmm. know, if you know the music, then that doesn't matter as much. But it was just something that I noticed that um, the mu- you got to put the music part in there, but we're not going to go too heavy on that. Yeah. And that's fine. And, and I didn't it didn't bother me. I did just something I, that I saw. Yeah. Um, a lot of focus after the first the first part was uh, Janet. Whatever that was <laughs> with Janet. Was he was he the side piece? Let's be fuck friends. <laughs> you and I. That's all it was. She's like, she's like, I'm gonna make it up to you. Make how? Make it up to me. And there's like, ah, ah. Like, <laughs> I was like, wow, is this TVMA on BET? The Whoa. BET TVU? <laughs> it's like, the... Power Riders, the <laughs> the part that was that was funny was uh, LL Cool J's "I Need Love" playing in yeah. the background. So it was a weird choice on some of the non-Bobby Brown songs. That was one of them. Yeah, I mean, but like, what else could it have been? Like, you're not going to play any Bobby Brown. You're not going to play any Janet for that scene because they didn't get the rights, of course. Play I'm um, bad. I'm <laughs> <laughs> So what would, um, yeah, what would they have, uh, 
don't know because like like after after that scene, mm-hmm. we never hear about Janet again. again. <laughs> yeah. Which makes you wonder if that actually didn't happen, or like he just didn't want to further. Like he was like, "Ah, that's enough. I don't want to embarrass her no more." What's what's like? It's just the timing of the movie. Yeah, because Janet Jackson just started her like her rollout for. I don't think she's coming out with an album. I just just think she's releasing music. Yeah. But, like, the timing. Like, she's been doing, like, mm-hmm. interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, she stopped doing interviews after that. Because <laughs> that, that's the only, the only question she was going to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. get so, that about you Forrest, and Bobby Brown. <laughs> get that young Forrest Gump. <laughs> the hilarious thing is people looking back like, oh, my God, Bobby Brown had Janet Jackson? That's like That's like questioning if Chris Brown was able to get with Rihanna at his prime. Yeah, no, I agree. Like he was everywhere, as yeah. evidenced in the um, "Too Hot to Handle, Too Cold to Hold." Um, <laughs> yeah, when they're shooting for Ghostbusters and what he's for doing, Ghostbusters. He's, he's like got two chicks in the trailer. Like that must have been the most uncomfortable he, he writing a, session. Well, he had a cameo in the movie. Yeah, and he was, that was like they're shooting the movie. Yeah, and he's supposed to be on and he's smashing two girls in his trailer. And I'm just like, that's one that questionably looks like Madonna. Mm, I wonder if he was trying to throw us a hint there. I don't know. She did like black dudes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Possibly. Um, or, well, I'm just guessing because of at the time, um, could have been Debbie Gibson or Tiffany. Ooh. You know what? My money's on Debbie Gibson. My money would actually be on Tiffany <laughs> for that. <laughs> um,. You know, she she dated one of the guys from New Kids on the Block. Or, you know, maybe she likes them Boston boys. <laughs> no matter where you're from in Boston. No matter where you're um, so, yeah, I th- I, that was that was uh, interesting as well. And somebody somebody tweeted that for him to get with Janet and then later Whitney, that's like Rihanna and then Beyonce for the time. Yeah, yeah for, for that time. time. Um, is that do you do you feel that that's something to be proud of? I, I sure, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> like he was, he was, he was, he was, he was loose. Like Bobby Brown yeah. was, he was living. So I know because no, there's always it, the double it. standard. He say was a it. hoe. Yeah. yeah, he was a hoe. <laughs> yeah, I know there's always the double around. standard that like if a guy does it, he's awesome. Like he was just, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. If I was, what was he like 17, 18 years old? Yeah. You know, if I was doing that at 18, 19 years old, I would have been like, I'm on top of the world. When Dopey Cruel came out, he was 19. Yeah. yeah. Like I'd be, I'm, at, I'm on top of the world. But then like, you know, 10 kids later. <laughs> yeah. And with then when they came out, he already had two kids. Cause he, he did, already had like two kids. He did not wrap it up. He's shooting a video and his baby's mama's there and he's talking to her all kind of ways. <laughs> like he's not, not like he don't have to take care of this kid. And it was funny is that when like shooting the, the the video for girlfriend, the first video, she's there like, Oh, my boyfriend is shooting a video. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, and he's like, That's your baby you know, mama. He's like, you know, did, didn't I give you money for yeah. the for the baby? Why are you still well, here? Why, what's going on? What's wrong? What are you doing? <laughs> she went back home, they're like, I told you. Don't he don't he just 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 take the checks just take the checks <laughs> you can't turn him into a house man just take the checks <laughs> you can't turn a hoe into a house man <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, and then um, uh, remember what happened after that. Uh, See, I he meets Whitney, and she's getting booed at the Soul Trade Awards. That that kind of that kind of put me off a bit. I knew they didn't. I knew that you know black people didn't love her. But I didn't know that they would boo her. What was playing in it? Was it Where Do Broken Hearts Go? Yeah. That was playing. Man, they no love. Nah. No love for her, man. What's funny is, like, I haven't looked up the clip of the actual award for that for that she was nominated for. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather Locklear, the Heather Locklear in the movie, looked like Katy Perry. That is who we initially <laughs> thought it was. I looked her up. It's not, but I initially thought it was Katy Perry. Um and James Ingram, uh, I get all they got right was that yeah he he's light skinned and mm-hmm. he has a beard. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that part didn't matter. They were there for five seconds. Mm-hmm. But um, that would have been a that would have been a big get though had that been Katy Perry. <laughs> it's like Katy Perry as Heather Locklear for about five seconds. <laughs> um, and I I feel like they didn't. They probably tried to get the actual footage of the awards. Mm-hmm. To use and just uh, to slice it, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, that would have been cool. Um, so it looked like from like during that scene, uh, it was <laughs> was it love at first sight? Like they hit it off like almost immediately, In, yeah, instantaneously, yeah. And then when they found out they were you know alike, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm from Newark. I'm like no, you're from Jersey. You smoke cigarettes too. He said, like, "That's the brand I smoke." Like, if that ain't the weirdest thing to bond over, Give like me you one. smoke menthols too, girl. Why didn't you tell me? I said, "Give me one." Like, uh, whoa. Yeah, no, it was. It was. I mean, it almost did seem like love at first sight. Maybe he like has like a ghetto radar and he just saw like yeah she ain't America's sweetheart she smoked menthols yeah and then to find out that she does coke on your wedding day yeah like, Whoa. what I swear to god if I find out that on my wedding day <laughs> like, but he had been doing coke too though over. Huh? He, had, he had been doing coke too no I, and trust me he's probably like Huff. and then he gets out of line <laughs> he's like I don't have to hide it no more <laughs> Like, I just wouldn't want to find, like, that just be the weirdest thing to, like, okay, cool, we're going to walk down this aisle high. <laughs> um, yeah. The, uh, I took, so I did talk about the stop in Columbus mm-hmm. where he gets arrested. I remember hearing about that as a kid. Columbus, I do. Columbus, Georgia. Columbus, Georgia. Columbus, Georgia. Um, there were several artists banned from Columbus. He was one of them, mm-hmm. as was R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Because you couldn't do that in Columbus at the Civic Center, which is where he played at the Columbus Civic Center. And I remember when that happened, when he got arrested. Yes, it was on the news. And I laughed the entire scene. I was like, yeah, he's going to get arrested. He's going to get arrested. Well, like, the, like I, didn't, I didn't know where it happened. I knew something like that had happened. But when there was the scene where, oh, the cops want to talk to you. Like, oh, this is... He's he. They're like, you can't do this, you can't do that, or we're gonna arrest you. Like he's about to get arrested. Yeah, this is just like the scene in Straight Outta Compton. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Only it's in a small southern town. <laughs> and maybe you maybe you could understand it about the one with in the Straight Outta Compton, 
where it's like 30 cops. <laughs> but in this scene, it's like also 30 cops. There are not 30 <laughs> cops in Columbus. Even only right now does it have a population of maybe 200,000. Back then, it might have. they might have been breaking 100,000. So it's like... <clears throat> You know, so for NWA, it kind of makes sense. Like, yo, don't Detroit. be getting yeah. on stage that was saying fuck the police. Yeah. But then it's like, don't be getting on stage air humping. It was, and back then, like, it was that religious of a town, that conservative conservative of a town. Like, you couldn't do it on stage. Like, I'm pretty sure if we called my sister up and asked her, hell, she might have been there. I don't know. Is <laughs> <laughs> that, like, if that's the case, then every cop in Columbus was at was, the Civic Center. Every cop was there. You could have robbed. <laughs> what are they saying? Uh, um, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like it's like Christmas out there. You could rob anything. <laughs> There's no cops. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that 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 was a funny scene yeah. as well. Because he do he, he. It's like he planned it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, he did plan it. He had to. Yeah. Um, It'd be a family friendly show. Bull. Yet, <laughs> no, it won't. Um, the scene where he's performing in London and Whitney's sitting backstage when after the show, and then one of the baby miles comes terrible. in, Kim comes in, mm-hmm. and it could have like this could have gone very wrong. Mm-hmm. This could have gone very wrong. Um, in trying to, uh, Kim was an interesting character because she she had some tactics. Yes, she did. Who's like, okay, I'm going to walk in with these two kids. Whitney's <laughs> going to be sitting there, so I'm going to try to uh, shame him, mm-hmm. and so she won't she won't like him anymore. Does she mm-hmm. know about them? <laughs> uh, clearly kids. she did. Yeah, <laughs> clearly she did. Yeah. It's like, damn, it didn't work. <laughs> oh, am I not famous enough for you? No. no. And I think he was being, he was being totally sarcastic there. Because, like, that's, it's like, I would tell her no, because I know that's the answer she wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, and then um, Bobby and Whitney play Tender Love on the piano. <laughs> I, I forgot about that scene. The hilarious thing, as it's going on, I'm like, what are they playing? Is this a tender? Yeah, love? it went into love? it. I was like, okay. Boom, 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 Oh, man. So, um, going so, forward, they, um, he almost loses the house. Uh, did he ever lose the house in Atlanta or did he pay up? Like, I have no idea. So, I'm pretty sure they still, he eventually just got it back. Unless he moved into a house in Atlanta with Whitney because... Up until maybe like the early 2000s, everyone knew that they lived in Country Club of the South, which is in a suburb north of Atlanta in Alpharetta. But you don't say Alpharetta because nobody knows what Alpharetta is. I can only imagine how cheap that house was (laughs) back then. Like he probably got that house for less than a million dollars back then. Yeah. Um, Because the cost of living, you know, comparatively for Atlanta to other major cities is not that bad. So I can only imagine how much less he paid back then. And I had a um I had a couple of friends actually back then who lived in that neighborhood. So I never got to go by that house because they were still living there back in this would have been, you know, oh one, oh two. They still live there. Um, but I do remember like 
you know, that was the neighborhood. And I was like, man, maybe we'll go by their house. Maybe we'll go by their house. Like I would see them, you know, but yeah. So I, but I just don't know at that point if it was her house or his house. Cause as we learned later, everything was hers because he put everything in her name because he wouldn't listen to nobody. And that was kind of, that's kind of dumb people. <laughs> well then also, um, you know, he don't be cruel. is a monster album. Mm-hmm. Bobby was not as big, but it was still a, popular. A, a letdown mm-hmm. compared to don't be cruel. You can mm-hmm. at least say that. Um, and like, do you, I, I kind of agreed with, uh, with his what his brother said, he's like the album wasn't as good because you weren't hungry. You weren't hungry enough. Yeah. You weren't hungry anymore. And I felt like that's what that was the case because if you look at his discography, um, I believe he has. Let me count them here. Uh, one, two, three, five albums. Um, not counting the remix albums. Yeah. So it's King of Stage, Don't Be Cruel, Bobby Forever, and the Masterpiece, which was from 2012. But Don't Be Cruel was 1988, and then 90, so four years later, and then five years after that, mm-hmm. and then 15 mm-hmm. years after that. So you can say that it was, he was caught up in was he caught up in being a celebrity was he caught up in being famous caught up in being Whitney Houston's husband mm-hmm. um you know feeling that he didn't have to you know he can go out and do these same songs and it, and it doesn't matter because like he Whitney called him the king of R&B and a lot of people believe it mm-hmm. but he doesn't have a lot of material. So it's funny because, so you think about that, they don't really address that in the movie. And the no. fact that in that same time span, Whitney Houston does, <clears throat> I'm your baby tonight. Then the bodyguard soundtrack, then waiting to exhale, then the preacher's wife. And then she comes back with my love is your love. Like, so she's very busy. Yeah. She's yeah. making all the money. She's, she's doing point. these albums and, <clears throat> And movies, she's doing yeah. Bodyguard, Preacher's Wife, Waiting to Exhale, yeah. the the Cinderella movie, yeah. and uh, then on top yeah. of that, and I was I didn't think about this either. Around the time, so like around like 2002, after you know My Love Is Your Love, four years later, she's about to release Just Whitney. She signs a 100 million dollar contract with Arista, one of the biggest at the time. So she is literally the breadwinner in this relationship, and they don't address it until. The crack is whack interview where she's like, I make all the money here. I'll spend it how I please. And that's when you realize, well, damn, yeah, for the past, like he's he's griping over getting one million dollars for the new edition reunion. Meanwhile, like Whitney's just like, you know, she's printing money. Yeah, (laughs) she's so successful at this time. And I can only imagine you probably don't hear much about that until then in such an emotional scene when you know, she kicks him out and all this other stuff's happening because at that point he's, he's a nobody. I mean, he's basically, he's making crumbs compared to what she's getting at the part of that interview. I think that was like 2003, 2004. Yeah. 
his last album was 1997. Yeah. So, and he's not touring. Mm-hmm. He had, maybe had just done Home Again. Yeah. No, Home Again was like 97, 90, 97, 98. So Home Again was either right after or right before Forever. I think it was 96, Home Again. And I, I really wish they would have dove into that more. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot went wrong next. with that. And they, like, just touched on it briefly in the in the new edition movie. Yeah. Yeah, we saw one scene with Ralph, <coughs> one scene with Ricky, mm-hmm. two scenes with Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they don't. It's crazy they don't talk. Like at that point, he was Whitney Houston's husband. Yeah, she was not Bobby Brown's wife. You were Whitney Houston, and like thinking back to that time point in time, it yeah that was it was Bobby Brown as Whitney Houston's husband. Speaking of another thing, speaking of this mm-hmm. relationship, Robin. Okay, oh, yeah. so I okay so I, I I as with most of these movies, I did watch it with my fiance Kendra and. The whole time she's like, who is this woman? <laughs> like, who is she? She's always there. <laughs> and so I looked her up. She was a rumored lover, lesbian lover of Whitney Houston. So her best friend, her confidant, and rumored lesbian lover. I think her official title was personal assistant. Probably, I think so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Robin was always <laughs> around. Even in the weirdest, like, oh, yeah, we're about to get down and get busy. Like, Robin's just sitting there like, this food ain't good, nigga. (laughs) Nice plate, nigga. We're about to eat some some good food. All right. Not that good to me. And Robin just, no, she said it was good, but she she just picked up the plate. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, "Oh, you cooked for me? He's like, this is my house. And she was like, no, this is Whitney's house. Like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, that that had to sting. Like, notice any times he tried to, this is my house. I was like, that's going to come back to bite him later. <laughs> like, that's like one of those, that's foreshadowing people in the, for, for the people who are in the industry. That's foreshadowing. <laughs> like, he keeps saying, that's my house. Oh, I think later it's not going to be his it's house. It's not going to be his house anymore. It's not going to be, we're going to find out it's not really his house. <laughs> and it never was his house. <laughs> was his house uh, but like there were there were hints though yeah. as far as Whitney and Robin's relationship the the wedding day mm-hmm. um, where Bobby walks in he sees Whitney taking a a, a sniff a line a line <laughs> whatever something out of the spoon I don't know mm-hmm. what what that method like, is actually called uh, now but, you know <laughs> and like, I do cocaine was, sometimes when I'm stressed. So yeah, okay. <laughs> um but Robin Robin comes in and like it's like, oh let me get that and it's like Whitney's like, no, I'm not done. <laughs> 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 so like that made it even more awkward. Yeah. But in the scene where um you know they're doing their the vows or whatever, mm-hmm. if you look again, Robin looked the saddest. Oh, poor Robin. She knew it's she's gonna the have to maid stop. of honor or the matron of honor, whichever the title is yeah. exactly. But she looked the saddest, and like, and because because like uh, 
But I was like, can I kiss the bride now? He's like, you may kiss the bride. Everyone's like, yay, except for Robin. <laughs> that's how Gail's going to look when she when Oprah marries Stedman. That's, <laughs> that's big, no, see, no, we, we're not going to see that because Oprah ain't never marrying Stedman. <laughs> oh, man. She ain't Robin never marrying him. Yeah, no, Robin was, I'm telling you, like when he went to the bodyguard like, set. She was like, no, she was like, she was like, you know, just wait until we wrap. Like, she just had a miscarriage. And you're sitting here playing. trying to find her. You're sitting here playing offensive linemen. Move! (laughs) Like, like, come on. Like, well, it was clear that what she thought of Bobby right then. Yeah, she ain't like Bobby. Like, she had a, like, Whitney had a miscarriage and he's, he's, I don't know if he was on tour or whatever, but he's trying to get to her. He got there as soon as he heard and she's like, go stare at the house. Like, no, I just came off tour. Just wait until we wrap. Like, bro. I'm sure Kevin Costner will give us the room. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, and that's the thing. So the celebrities, horrible casting on Kevin Costner. I mean, I know this ain't the Kevin Costner story, but you (laughs) you couldn't try. He looked like Will Forte. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like it looked like really tall Will Forte. Like that's the best you could do. Like that's like that's like the people who made it. Like ah, uh, they all look alike. Just get, just get someone. Just find one. I don't care. They all look alike. Um. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, going back to the this is my house thing. I found a, a news clip, a Channel Seven Eyewitness news clip from their wedding day and all it says is Whitney Houston's wedding. Yeah, that no one cared about Bobby Brown. Like yeah. she was making all the hits, all the money. I mean, she was and so when it they, you know, the scene where she's, you know, after they're on being Bobby Brown and she's like the way they're talking about me, like it almost seemed as if he was a prop. And like he was like you're and you're no longer profitable on the show. Yeah. Like, you're no longer valuable to me. You're hurting my... This is my career. And he's just like, I never cared what they said because I thought you had my back. But damn, I guess you didn't. (laughs) And like, that that had to be... I don't know if that's how it really happened. I'm sure they dramatized some of it. But that's got to be hard to find out because, you know, basically he went for however many years being her quote-unquote tag-along. Yeah. You know, and when she said, like, you ruined me, I'm like, no... People I, just saw you for who you really were. Yeah, that's that's all. Like the veil has been pulled and it, back. Like it didn't matter to him. Like he 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 knows you. He, he knows liked you. you better he than loved you for else. who you were. He didn't ruin you. He just loved you for who you were. And with it being a reality show, they're being themselves. Yeah, they're uh, dancing druggies. when they find a good pair of sunglasses. Yeah, <laughs> or on the search for preparation H. Yeah, yeah, to put under your eyes, which is just sounds gross, but if it works, it works. And it was a time uh, where. <laughs> Like reality show, I guess it was still a, it was a fairly new thing. Yeah, you know, with following people around and with their everyday lives, and it's hard to make that interesting mm-hmm. if you're doing you know pretty mundane things. Yeah. Um, but I think if it, if the show came out today, then <laughs> I think it would, out. you know, it would just be lots of memes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be. I think the weird thing is, like, it was like so overly criticized. Yeah. Um, because you know people are seeing Whitney for you know the kind of person that she actually is versus who they thought she was versus who they thought she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
like they think Whitney is this prim, this prim and proper uh, person thing is who probably grew up in the thing. suburbs of Orange, New Jersey, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sort of the same thing how it was with Rihanna before the Rated R album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking that you know she's this good girl gone bad bad it already happened mm-hmm. yeah so um you know i think with whitney there was a lot of things done to protect her public persona yeah and that was all shattered with that reality show mm-hmm. and she blamed him for it and she blamed him yeah um so i initially did think that Whitney Houston was not cast very well. I did not like her initially as Whitney Houston. However, when we saw her play a high Whitney Houston, I felt she was spot on. She was a great druggy drug out Whitney Houston. It was, it was so great. The scene where um, he passes out and she's trying to wake him up. I I was like, were you there? Like, is that how you're playing this so well? Like, it was like she was, I mean, she played it perfectly. It's just like, I just kept seeing the scene, the interview with Whitney Houston and Oprah Winfrey, where she's telling them about the drugs they did. And she's like, keep up with me. And I'm just like, you nailed Whitney Houston. And that's so sad because and it's, it's th- sad. that's who Whitney Houston eventually, you know, became. And it was, I was just like, and I just made a note, like Whitney was a mess. Yeah. She was a complete mess. Um, I we're we're watching it and the scene after at, at Bobby's mother's funeral, <laughs> and Whitney walks in with the fur coat. Uh, it looked kind of ratty, um, and it was like I just felt like I told Ben like this is going to get awkward, isn't it? I just felt like something awkward was going to happen, and. It wasn't as awkward as I thought it was going to be, but when they invited her up there and she said, this is my mother-in-law and she's always going to be my mother-in-law. It was like, she was looking right at Alicia. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, come on, man. Come on. Why did, why did Whitney have to do her like that? But, but um, I'm sure she did way more because my brother sent me the clip, the actual clip of the funeral and her and Johnny Gill are just going back and forth for like minute for like a while just, just <laughs> singing over each other. So I was wondering if there was if there was any video cuz I'm like if this was done now that would have hit Snapchat and Instagram and everything like let like you know Chris Brown's mom die and around us like that was my mother-in-law and she starts singing like Ponder replay. <laughs> 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 she's not gonna sing that but I'm just saying like if she starts singing like that's all over I'm like man if only we had better ways of capturing these things yeah like that would have been all over YouTube man oh god I yep it's on YouTube Whitney Houston sings Precious Lord Take My Hand at Bobby Brown's mother's funeral how close did she get to sounding like her because I know at this point I... her voice was not what it used to be I haven't seen this clip but I did see the one where it's new edition standing on standing in the pulpit with Bobby and Johnny Gill is borderline preaching (laughs) 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 and him and Whitney are just going back and forth singing real loud at each other (laughs) (laughs) 
I wonder why that didn't make it in the movie. <laughs> Luke James didn't have time. Because um, there, there weren't, there weren't a lot of... Diddy. <laughs> there weren't a lot of um, references to uh, to New Edition. Wait, he's playing Diddy? Uh, well, no, there's like... there. Well, it, well, it's over right now. There was like a miniseries about Tupac and Biggie. And oh, he, he played, played Diddy? Diddy. Oh... It was on USA Network, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that 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 uh, Biggie Tupac revival has carried over. <laughs> we talked about that last year, or maybe a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. because of the Tupac movie and all of these mini series and the movie City of Lies, which has now been uh, postponed. Because the movie makers got the one with Johnny Depp plays the detective who was mm-hmm. investigating the case. Yeah, he got. Uh, there were some threats against the producers of the film uh, from the like or from the LAPD. Uh, but but like people tried to turn it into, <clears throat> oh well, Johnny Depp has these domestic violence charges, so <laughs> we're canceling the promotion of this film. Okay, right. Oh, this is a horrible video. I'm, then I'm, the, the, the 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 movie might show that the guy, the detective who has since passed away, I think, was really close to figuring out who's going on, and it might have been someone in the LAPD involved, at least with with Biggie's murder. But anyway, um, so after the, uh, <clears throat> it seemed like things were, it was kind of this weird parallel of. Bobby's uh, little by little becoming completely sober. Yeah, that's what it felt like. But also the important people in his life dying around him. Yeah, and then what he thought would have been, you know, his partner, his support system, did not make that journey with him. Um, oh, yeah. And all he you saw, yeah, and she just throws coke in his face. He's like, dog, I'm sober now. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was doing a, a radio show uh, about relationships and they talked about the movie and they talked about that scene in particular mm-hmm. to where um, there were some points where Bobby has himself to blame mm. uh, or where things could have been a little bit different if he made a couple of different decisions. Okay. Like when he saw Whitney doing cocaine on their wedding day mm. Um he saw it as okay. She's not perfect. Yeah, I can relax and be myself for real around her. Yeah, but when he got out of jail after going through withdrawals and just suffering, he gets out, and the first thing she does is offer him cocaine. And he made the decision like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. We're not. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And she says, you're not going to tell me what to do. And she does cocaine anyway. Yeah. The relationship should have ended right there. Exactly. That's what it should have been. But it wasn't. Because I think he thought, you know, and it's almost like the reverse. And maybe this is because he was no longer the breadwinner. I can change her. (laughs) No, she has stated many times in this relationship, you're not going to change me. Um, And so, I mean, like, yeah, I mean. I mean, that is a good point. You know, just at that point, you just realize you're not going to change your cut your losses and move on. You know, what do you think? Brandon? Perhaps he was he was like, perhaps he was scared to push too hard. 
yeah. simply because he wasn't the breadwinner and didn't want to, I don't know. I, 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 I could see that as a possibility to where, you know, there's a lot to, for him to lose because at this point he's not making any music. It's a kept man. And he he wasn't everything of his in her name. Yeah. He's, uh, Everything's in her name. Well, He's not making the any little music. that he has. He wasn't on the new edition album when they were on Bad Boy. Mm-mm. No. Uh, and you know he's he's not he's not working. Mm-mm. He's not doing anything. Like his brother said, he wasn't hungry anymore. Yeah, it seemed like. But with him being sober, at least off cocaine, when he got out of jail, uh what happened then to where there's no music being made there. He just, mm-hmm. he kind of just went back to being Whitney Houston's husband. Basically. Basically. Which I think he was okay with. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, if he, if he was okay with that, you know, raising, raising their daughter, um, raising his other kids, however that arrangement may have been. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was just okay with being a dad, I could understand that. And I mean, and, for all we know, and you know, this doesn't make it into the movie. Maybe she told him it was okay. Like maybe you know he yeah, wasn't that, able to really perform, and she was like, "No, just." Was you. there ever that kind of conversation? Yeah, because it seemed like he didn't start doing music again until she actually left him. Yeah, like it was a comfortable life. Um, he felt okay once again, foreshadowing, saying it was our house. You know, this is my house. This is my house. So maybe she empowered him to feel that way. And then, but whenever he decided to stand up for himself, she was like, oh, no, this is my stuff. My money pays for this. My, 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 my. And that's, I I mean, I guess you can only take it for so long to, you you know, come back in the house and find it with some other dude and y'all just start scrapping. Okay. So, Brandon, what's your theory about that scene? Um, Who is that guy? Who was that guy? Who was he supposed to be? (laughs) Who was that guy? Was that Jesse Powell? <laughs> like they never explain. So I made that. There are a lot of things that they don't explain. Who that guy was? Who is Nick Gordon? That he, you know, I thought they were really going to go deep there. Well, yeah. here's the thing, though. I, well, first with the 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 random dude, I thought it was her dealer. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but that was never clarified. So was Whitney cheating on Bobby? I don't it's know. Po- I wouldn't say that's impossible. So I just Googled, it's a guy, it's an actual person, and there's interviews and stuff with him, with Nick Gordon. Oh, yeah, Nick Gordon. So, well, yeah, Nick Gordon. Yeah. yeah, Nick Gordon is a real guy. As I've far never as, heard of him. Um, because the thing is, the, the the thing with him and why he's... Um, he was the bo- her boyfriend? Well, it was, a, it was kind of a weird arrangement to where he's... Uh, he's like pseudo adopted mm-hmm. by Whitney. Like he lived with, with her and Bobby Christina and like for, a, for a long time. And she, he was somebody's, um, he was somebody's like, they were, I think they were related in some way. They nailed her. I'd never seen her before. They nailed her as far as casting. Bobby Christina? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and the reason that, that makes him, like, what makes him a person of interest is when Whitney died, okay, a heart attack in the bathtub, mm-hmm. 
um, with a you know accidental or whatever overdose, he was there. Yeah. And Bobby Christina died almost the exact same way. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I expected them to go deeper into that, though. But I think, well, the reason why they didn't go deeper into that, because I don't think that there would there has been a moment where him and Bobby Brown are in the same room. Mm, okay. Because Bobby Brown probably believes that Nick Gordon had something to do with both and of them dying. And would have dying. tried to kill him. And would have tried to kill him. Yeah. yeah, he actually he says that in the movie. He's yeah, like, I he would have find killed. him before I do. So there, there's they didn't go deeper into that because there has been no moment where they're even close to each other. Mm. She got a daddy's gap. I just realized. And wasn't yeah. wasn't he like officially charged with Bobby Christina's murder or something uh, like that? I think he was named a person of interest. I don't think he had been charged with anything. Um. But they they had like kind of grown up together, so they were like a brother and sister. But then they were actually dating. But I feel like they might have been related, like third or fourth cousins or something weird like that. Like the, <clears throat> I guess I'd have to watch the TV one movie about Bobby Christina to understand it. Uh, that could be considered a companion piece to uh, the Bobby Brown story, and we don't know like. Maybe, um, you know, if you just watch the body round story by itself, that's fine. But to see if anything, you know, see any parallels, there's also the one about Bobby Christina and there's one about Whitney that was on Lifetime. Um, but, you know, how much would you how the the doing a TV movie, of course, there's going to be a budget issue. Mm -hmm. That's why you see. Those people all look alike kind of castings. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with someone like Lifetime who kind of cranks these out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then TV One who is, uh, they're trying to, they're, you know, they're getting into making these movies as well because they also have one about Mickey Howard mm. and basically her relationship, her on and off relationship with Gerald Woodward pretty much. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <Sorry. clears throat> Um so well those movies may have to be viewed just to get an understanding of that situation. Uh but there is there is something not everything is tied up neatly. It's a biopic. That's that's not supposed to be the case. You can't tie up everything neatly that mm -hmm. way. Uh the ending was kind of weird. To where his son is dancing. I know that's not his real son. Um, I don't know where that kid got those dance moves from. <laughs> uh, he's kind of like halfway doing the every little step choreography. Yeah. Go Cashy. Um, go Cashy. Go Cashy. Yeah. Um, and what do you think of, of Alicia? Like, I think like that flirtation started in that one scene where Whitney first tells Bobby she's pregnant mm -hmm. and she's about to like leave the room and like, like, bef like everyone left the room and Whitney came in, but Alicia left first. Mm -hmm. And there was like that little, there was like that moment between them mm. where she's like, well, I think humping around should be the first single. And he like yeah, looks at yeah. her. I was like, oh, this went back a while. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
And then, you know, with that scene, we never saw Teddy Riley again. Nope. Yeah. Also, <laughs> fun fact, Alicia is the young lady in the bathing suit of the Rex and Effect video playing the saxophone for uh, Rump Shaker. What? Hmm. Huh. At least that's what I saw. I have to watch it now. Well, she was, if she was still with him then. It was funny so. when the the scene after he does, uh, he's on the nostalgia tour or whatever, and he runs into Alicia, and he's like, "So, uh, how are you and Teddy doing?" Oh, I haven't talked to Teddy since '92. This was like 13 years later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, he don't call a note. So, it, basically, him and Teddy have not spoken oh, yeah, since the Bobby album. <laughs> Alicia Etheridge has a twin sister. So I'm reading it is her, but she also has a twin sister. Were they both in there? Is that her twin sister? Huh. Mm. <clears throat> All right. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, we have that. Um, the, the second part was more... I mean, of course, it's just like all, just everything seemed to fall apart as he was getting better. Like I said, mm-hmm. uh, that was the main thing I took away from part two. Yeah. Uh, was there anything in the second part that kind of uh, stood out to you, Brandon? It, it was definitely that. It's like you see as he's he's trying to work. He's still tripping over himself, but he's making an effort to work on himself and work on his sobriety. And, you know, it's like, okay, new edition is not new edition right now. Let me get with, let me get with Johnny and Ralph and try something. And then Whitney dies. Wait, no, yeah, Whitney dies. Yeah. And then after, well, yeah, Whitney dies. He had lost his parents already. And then Bobby, then he loses Bobby Christina. It was like a back to back to back to back thing, so mm-hmm. it, it's got to <clears throat> like I have to imagine that like has to suck where like you feel like you're trying, but like every everything else around you is crumbling. Mm-hmm. Bobby Brown lived a life, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I guess the, what I thought, uh, what I also ended up, you know, seeing is that. <clears throat> Um, there was a lot of like the, the what the music selection scenes were, you know, the 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 past hits, and yeah. he's not going to. I mean, he's not making another album like "Don't Be Cruel" again. Mm-mm. And but I feel like there was so much left on the table as far as what he could have been. Mm-hmm. But I think that that may have driven him to do drugs and to drink and whatever decisions he may have made. And I think by the end, you know, well, people still want to see me perform and that's what I love to do. Um, I have, well, basically me and Belle Biv DeVoe right now, (laughs) but... We we could still go out here and tour because and perform because that's what we love to do and there are fans that want to see us. So I think ultimately by the end of the film, at least, 
there's a kind of peace with that. And he's channel energy into other outlets. Like he has his own barbecue sauce. Yeah. Uh, and there are probably other lines of food, other foods that are coming out under his, under that umbrella. So, um, I guess that was the happy ending. Yeah. Is that he had, it seemed like he had found some kind of peace with who he is and what he's gone through so far. So I think that's what the movie was supposed to be like. It's supposed to be a triumph at the end of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I, I don't feel like too much was left out. Like you can go back and watch the new edition story to, to find out other things as far as his interaction with the group. Yeah. Uh, as far as his life with Whitney, I mean, I'm sure there isn't everything, Mm-mm. but it was enough to get, some kind of understanding. Yeah. Well, I mean, like after, of course, cause he's not going to know everything after they split, you see a lot less of her. Yeah. Like cause the, he's the not last, there anymore. The last yeah. time we see Whitney is at that funeral. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it no, was, no, no, no. The scene with, uh, the scene where, wait, the funeral. No, the funeral was the last one because yeah. there was already the scene where at they're at the restaurant, the yeah. same restaurant. They had their first date. Yeah. It was totally macabre to see her self-destructing. Yeah. By the time she shows up to that dinner, like that's the, unfortunately that's the Whitney we all remember, Yeah. you know, Just always profusely sweating. Yeah. Like she's doing, she's, and the, <sighs> and another thing that may have driven him to, uh, to drink after, even though he wasn't doing cocaine or whatever anymore, maybe mm-hmm. what, the scene where at Whitney's funeral mm-hmm. to where he basically gets kicked out. Yeah. His ex-wife's funeral mm-hmm. because, and I feel, and it wasn't really addressed that that had to be her mother, Whitney's mother, probably, or people who had power of attorney or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whitney's estate. It might've been Robin, even though we didn't see Robin again. <laughs> after the food after the plate of food incident we never saw Robin again. <laughs> Robin ain't welcome in my house anymore <laughs> so um, you know maybe that that pushed him to drink more or whatever because he's how of because him having to deal with people are blaming me for what happened to Whitney mm-hmm. when they don't know Oh, they don't know. Oh, yeah. Nick Gordon knows. And fortunately, he got. <clears throat> fortunately, he was able to get with Alicia, who seemed to have a very, very hard limit on his vices. It was like, if you're gonna yeah. be here, we're not doing this. Yeah, yeah. Um, she she held him accountable. Yeah. While you could say that Whitney enabled him. Yeah, she had the nerve to say, "You're my trigger." No, you're a trigger. <laughs> like I caught you doing cocaine. <laughs> like wow. Like it's just I don't know. That was just weird. Like you were, you were thug, thug life. I'm from Newark. <laughs> like that's all she had to say. I was like, oh, so you's already fucked up. You from Newark. <laughs> Like, uh, no wonder you like, like why are uh, they booing me? I'm harder than everyone in here. 
This makes sense. It totally made sense when she said that. I was like, oh. I will whoop Anita Baker's ass. Really? Right now, son. Like, if, if that was real Whitney Houston, she walked in there, she grabbed the mic like, hey, hey, Whitney Houston's for the children. I spent a lot of money on this dress. It cost to be a lot of money. <laughs> Whitney Houston is for the children. I believe the children are the. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, on a scale of. Um, actually, one thing that we do here is when we review a film, we have to look at the. Uh, the IMDb comments. Give me just a second to pull that up, and we will look at. Some different things that uh, some different things that people may have said. Um, of course, uh, Woody McLean reprising his role as Bobby Brown. Um, a s- short appearance from uh, well, the uh, mother Carol Brown reprised the same actress for that role as well. Uh, I'm trying to find the. All right, here we go. User reviews. Let's see what they say here. <clears throat> uh, I'm looking for the, the short ones. There's only <laughs> 15. <laughs> so uh, there is someone who gave it a one. Whoa. Uh, they said too much focus on the current wife. <laughs> Did they only see the he- the second part? Oh. This biopic seemed like it came from the perspective of the current wife more than Bobby Brown. She was omnipresent throughout the film, even during his marriage to Houston. I didn't enjoy it as nearly as much as the new edition story. Frankly, it came off as a spiteful hatchet job on Whitney. Whoa. In very Whoa. poor taste and obviously biased from the current wife, Alicia. Somebody is a Whitney fan. Yeah. Who is also an executive producer. Uh, it's, uh, they're referring to Alicia. Crap movie. Wish I could give it zero stars. There's another one of these too. Depictions and reenactments uh, were inaccurate. Dead people can't speak for themselves. This movie was a direct jab at Whitney Houston's legacy. Bobby Brown should be ashamed of himself. The hilarious thing is, how do you know it's inaccurate? But, hey, someone gave it a 10. My expectations were low. Storytelling was great, I believe, on point. The actors were better than I thought they would be. Great movie. Um, all is well in this movie. Mr. Brown experienced a lot. I was very compassionate about some things. <laughs> they spell things with an A uh, that occurred in this movie, but all is well. Um, some, <laughs> someone says they didn't give it a rating, but they said, yeah, this movie going. might be renamed the sex life of Bobby Brown <laughs> <laughs> because of the numerous sex seeds. Bobby's book says he kicked Janet Jackson out naked but the film makes it look like she opted to leave. I think the story writers held back for decency's sake. Mm. What do you think? Should should they have put in that he kicked her out of the hotel room naked? I don't believe he really did. Yeah. What do you think, Brandon? I don't, I don't know. Whether don't know. whether it really happened or that, you know, they should have put it in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't. I I can see where as they might have filmed that, <clears throat> but maybe he thought like, ah, that might look rude. She's like still here, <laughs> <laughs> so 
she's still here and people are going to bother her about it. Let's not go that hard on her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think he kicked I don't think he really did it. He kicked her out. Um, because then why would you yeah. just be like, oh, I need love. <laughs> That's not a song you listen to after you kick a naked Jack Janet Jackson out of your room. Well, it seems like no one would say, no one would admit <clears throat> that they actually did that. But we would understand. What do you think? <laughs> you say, it's because I'm black? <laughs> <laughs> that was funny to me, but I got it, though. Yeah. yeah. I like, was, mm, I, like yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean, like though. Half I know a second, mean. and I was like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I understand what you mean. Because he's, you know, uh, hey, look, he was he was a dark skinned pop star. Yep. There aren't a whole lot of those from Boston, of all places, <laughs> from Boston, from Boston, from the Bean Town. Go Celtics! Said no one at that time. <laughs> well, I mean, there were plenty of well, no, yeah, no one from time. well, no one, well, no one's yeah. famous. No, black people were afraid to claim the Celtics yeah. because they had a lot of white players. Yeah. Damn good white players. Yeah. But white players nonetheless. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. There's pictures and stuff of them from back in the day. It's funny. On Fresh Magazine. So, um, Brandon, on a scale of A to F, what do you give this film? This miniseries? I give it, I give it a solid C plus right there with you I would actually agree with that C plus my thing is one main thing that bothered me throughout the movie is that his voice never changed yeah and we, and that's the that was like that's like the main thing we see with Bobby Brown Bobby Brown went from this guy who could sing and he sounded great to how he sounds now yeah yeah and it, his voice was very consistent throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. As are his uh, band members. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was the scene um, where he's performing at like a like an amphitheater or something. I was like, is that the same drummer for the Mike Prerogative scene? Say, like, has Zorro been playing drums for him this entire yeah. time? And does he have the same backup dancers who apparently did not age? Yep. <laughs> It was hard to teach anyone else the choreography. So. <laughs> wearing the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, another of these, um, I saw it, there's a, uh, have you, Brandy, have you heard of Alpha Cat? Alpha Cat, I have not. Um, he is a, a YouTuber. Um, yes, from the, I have heard of Alpha Cat. Where he, he impersonates, uh, he was known for impersonating Barack Obama. Yeah, uh, yeah, Obama one. But he I has, he, had, he had a really really funny Ryan Leslie video, where you know how Ryan Leslie used to put out the making beats videos, yeah, and yeah. he put out one where he was Ryan Leslie and he was just like humping the MIDI keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with uh, with Alvacat, he he has a uh, extensive dancing background. And there was a, he put up some like throwback Thursday photos and there was one of him with, um, 
uh, I can't remember one of them, but the other, the other photo was with Darren Henson, Darren DeWitt Henson, the mm-hmm. choreographer slash actor. I'm going to I'm saying choreographer first because <laughs> <laughs> he, he did the uh, choreography for, um, for Jordan Knight's video. And I think for NSYNC, he worked with them mm-hmm. and Britney Spears, I think also, um, so he had like pictures with them and uh, another choreographer. She actually worked on that. She was the choreographer for this film, Fatima Robinson. What was it? Was it Fatima? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, those are, I know three choreographers names and like, for, <laughs> it's her, Darren Henson and Wade Robson. Well, I want to know one more. <laughs> Tina Landon. Yeah. Janet yeah. Jackson. Oh, yeah, um, Tina Landon. What is, what is the lady's name? Uh, something Gibson. Oh, Lorianne. Lorianne Gibson. Lorianne Gibson. Yes. Because she did the choreography for, um, for making the band. Oh, okay. And she was, she did the choreography for the movie Honey. Hold on, which making the band? Diddy's or the original? Um, Diddy's. Okay. She might have worked with O-Town. Honestly, she might have done both. I would have been surprised. Yeah. I know she worked with, um, Danity Kane. Okay. And, um... And day twenty six, I think, also, but she she did the choreography for the movie Honey, and there's a scene where um, she like Missy Elliott wants Honey to do the choreography, mm-hmm. but she has to get somebody else, so she auditions this other lady played by Lorianne, <laughs> and she does doing she did like some move where it's like a half twerk, and Missy Elliott's like, and she does the same move. She's like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Missy Elliott was really funny in that movie, and it's uh, it's kind of sad that she hasn't acted anymore. But anyway, um, but yeah, I agree. A C plus, uh, just because there's there was so much to to put into it, um, and I think it was still a solid story. I mean, what TV movie that's on that's not on HBO or Showtime? or whatever can we give a high grade to because these other cable networks are working on a limited budget. Yeah. We're trying to get people to watch TV for two hours mm-hmm. um, on our network. Yeah. They're not watching a movie that may have been in theaters already. So uh, it's still a solid job. Um, that'll do it for our discussion on the Bobby Brown story. Uh, let us know what you think by emailing us or commenting on our Facebook page, anything like that. Uh, we're going to get to my earworm of the week. Uh, this is this artist's second appearance. Um, uh, this is, I think, the last time she was on there. Um, wow, was over a year ago. <laughs> um, but she put out a new song and she is currently on tour with Leon Bridges. And this is Amber Mark has a song with Drum called Put You On. Uh, it has a uh, an early 90s or maybe mid 90s New Jack Swing kind of feel with it. Um, I like it. I, I've been when we have an opportunity to play music at the radio station. I put that one on. <laughs> um, so we're going to play that. We're going to play Put You On by Amber Mark. Let me get it queued up here. And we'll be right back. I ain't seen you in a while, 
Featuring Drum, Put You On. It's currently a single. Uh, she may be coming out with an album in the next couple of months. And says so she's on tour with um, Leon Bridges right now. And you can find that song along with, uh, let's see how many we have now, 192 songs. So you can find the other 191 also on our BTTYT Earworms playlist. Um, as of right now, um, Daydream by Big Story is still unavailable. So they've released a new version of it. Don't add it. It's not as good. Mm. They went in, worked with a producer, made some changes I don't like. <laughs> um, I'm that dude. Yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did some extra stuff in there. And I'm just like, just the song was fine the way it was, but record labels, man. Unfortunately, the it's still with the with the trade off there. You got Hot Rod Hearts back, yeah. <laughs> and then they take away, they take away, and then Man. when they bring it back, it's a Yo, bastardized thank you version. For putting that song in my path because <laughs> hey, it comes up on shuffle sometimes, and it just is it's such an awesome song. Robert Dupree is awesome. All right, so that'll bring us to the end of the program. Uh, we always ask the guest, Brandon, uh, if you want to be found. Where can people find you? I can be find, find, find <laughs> words, words, Brad. I can be found at un, father underscore clef. That is both on Twitter and Instagram, where you will catch me defending all things that has to do with DC Comics. Yes, yes, yes. New Comic Tuesday, or just whatever you call it, New Comic Day. I can't remember the... I always look at that. I should. I don't subscribe to comics, but I wish I did. But yes, please keep defending DC because there's a lot of people out there who are just hating on they DC. They are drinking the Kool-Aid. They are drinking that Marvel Kool-Aid. They really are. Yes. That, that, that just means they go to the movies. And because the movie is made, 
that makes it better. <laughs> no one knew who Iron Man was. <laughs> the Avengers weren't that popular. I mean, that's why they were able to buy them. Like all the rights yeah, to all the cool teams have been sold. <laughs> it's like X Men sold, Fantastic Four sold. Damn it! Like, what can we get? Can we get the Avengers? <laughs> It's like, can we get Iron Man? Give me that alcoholic <laughs> rich guy. <laughs> I guess. He's <laughs> like knockoff Batman. Yes. We'll make it work. He's a he's a degenerate knockoff Batman. <laughs> he makes weapons and he drinks a lot and does drugs. Pretty sure he beats his assistant. Let's call it Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he got the role. <laughs> that's, how, um, that's how Robert Downey Jr. made his comeback, children. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Ben, where can we be found? Right now, we can be found in your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is um, this is uh, a bit historic. This is the last episode in this apartment. Does that mean we have to destroy it after this? And that's how it goes, right? Because <laughs> I talked to I talked to Kevin when he went to the Metallica concert at the Omni, and they like took chairs like they destroyed that place um but it wasn't the last show they had like something else the next day <laughs> like an ice show the next day but like people were taking chairs they destroyed that place um for those who don't know the omni was an arena in downtown atlanta where the hawks played i think the atlanta knights yeah they played there as well i actually went to a game in the omni i saw the Hawks versus the Bulls when I was a kid in the Omni. Um, it was the it was the one year that Michael Jordan retired. I went the year he came back the first time and nice. made the game winning shot. Nice. And the fans celebrated as if the Hawks won the game. Oh, <laughs> that's so sad. And I also went uh, when they played the Pistons. And I got Ernie Johnson Jr.'s autograph. Nice. And because I interrupted his conversation with Doug Collins, Doug Collins gave me the stink eye. (laughs) Damn, Doug. We need to find him. Like, hey, man, you remember? (laughs) Yeah, I think I might have. I think I saw. I think Christian Leitner was playing for the Hawks back then. I think. I could be wrong. I can't remember. Michael Jordan was on the team then. I th- well, maybe not then. You either went in '94 or '99. No, I can't. It was it's probably '94 because I was still living in Columbus. Uh, and another game I went to, they uh, they played the Sonics, the then Seattle Sonics. Nice. And Steve Smith hit like eight threes in the fourth quarter, but the Hawks still lost. <laughs> that them was the breaks back then, man. All right, so but yeah, so we will we will. Um, I mean, the show's not over. I mean, we'll we'll still we'll record other places. Yeah, don't think this like you know, yeah. Okay, so um, where can we be found? Not the series finale, is it? No, it's not the (laughs) (laughs) on the series finale. By the time you hear this, it's like I didn't tell me anything. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) So yeah, but um, so um, if you were watching us on Facebook Live, you would have found our Facebook page. If you are watching one of our old videos. While you're watching this, that would be weird, but I mean, I guess you By could. By the time you watch this. I guess you could <laughs> listen to this and watch a video at the same time. Hey, do what you want. But um, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. You can also go to our website, by the time you hear this.com. Um, if you want to find us on Instagram, 
aka the gram you can find us at by the time you hear this as well so the website and the facebook are spelled with the word you that is y-o-u because we're proper there uh, if you want to find us on the gram and if you want to email us at gmail.com is by the time you hear this with the letter u because we're urban yep not underage nope not under investigation and not under recording or however you would say that news yeah. broke just go read about it news broke yeah uh, <laughs> jeff sessions tried to do what everyone else tried what had been doing and he failed <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um all right so yeah so you can find us on those places if you want to listen to us um you can find us on really any of those you know podcast aggregate websites i would say start though if you have an iphone with itunes and if you have an android device so you know samsung lg not the chocolate <laughs> any of those devices though um that have android based operating systems you can find us on google music that's the yellow tr- the orange triangle um otherwise you can hear us on TuneIn radio Castbox, overcast auto radio um you can find us on satchel podcast player you can find us on listen notes any of these places find us listen to us um if there's a rating system or some sort of some sort of review apparatus leave us a review leave us a rating we'd love to hear from you um if you want to drop us a line via email we'd love to hear from you if you just want to randomly knock on greg's door (laughs) we don't want to hear from you that's kind of scary how'd you find us yeah (laughs) go home (laughs) go home roger yeah so um and uh as we're recording tangela is calling me tangela i will call you back shortly um but listen to this podcast girl um and also, uh, I found that because I, I, I'm still getting like notifications of likes for our uh, live Facebook video when we talked about Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. It is over. T- it's our most viewed video. Mm-hmm. And just like I thought that with the uh, Power Trio episode that <laughs> Matt had been spamming, I think Eric has been spamming <laughs> this with that particular video. <laughs> Matt still maintains he, he hasn't maintains spammed. He did not spam. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, bro. It'd be hard because he's, <laughs> technically he's not on. Well, that was just downloads. It was like he's not on Facebook, but he is. On, he does have Apple products. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but interestingly, uh, we worked with. We both worked at Apple. Eric does not. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think he's he's he's. I think he's spamming though. Yeah, we appreciate it, but you know, just just admit it. No. <laughs> um. So. Uh, we should end the show um, with every little step for a I'm couple down. of reasons. Um, it is one of his major hits. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, it's the name of the book. Oh, okay. Book. I was going to say, it also ends, well, we said spoiler alert. It ends the movie, Well, yeah, too. and it ends the movie. Yeah, it ends the movie. So there you go. Um, so we're going to end. That's his actual son dancing at the end of the movie. Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. I well, guess we're all in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Go, Cashy. Go, Cashy. <laughs> uh, the dancing was still weird. but anyway. It was very weird. But he's like eight, so whatever. <laughs> he's got so many children, but whatever. He has seven. He yeah, that's, seven? A, that's a lot of kids, man. That's a starting lineup in two reserves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to end it with every little step. Um, thank you, everyone, to for listening. And we'll talk to you very, very soon from a different apartment. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Peace.